When we think of ministry, we generally think of what goes on inside the local church. But one of Webster's definitions for ministry defines it as a person or thing through which something is accomplished. So it is possible that accomplishing true and effective Christian ministry for the church and ultimately for Christ's redemptive purposes might be better accomplished outside the local church. So could platforms like movies, music, and other performing art forms outside the local church be effective tools that help us do more efficient and effective work inside those same four walls? Today, a conversation with someone who's doing just that on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. Our host on the program is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosal. And Trace, uh, I often hear you quote the famous Scottish writer and politician Andrew Fletcher. I believe he said, let me make the songs of a nation. I care not who makes the laws. Mm -hmm. What do you think Fletcher is actually talking about here? And do you think that that same concept might be true for movies and other art forms? Well, I absolutely do believe the same thing applies to movies. Uh, it was Stalin, Joseph Stalin, who said, all I need is to control the American motion picture industry to convert the whole world to communism. So uh, assuming that that premise is true about the power of film, uh, why then couldn't the church use Hollywood to convert the whole world to Christ? But uh, what I think Fletcher meant is that the arts in general, music in particular— and certainly movies, uh, you know, had they been around during this time, all have a unique ability to affect the hearts and minds of people when compared to laws, which, you know, tend to be mere behavior modification tools. Uh, because although the law is the, the logical part of the redemptive equation, and, and we need that, the emotions that are often birthed out of a, out of a story, uh, whether it's in music or in motion picture, can actually help put some flesh on the bones of that logic, so to speak. Uh, put another way, emotion can help us better digest the truth and, and logic of things. Mm. Well, if I'm hearing you right, what I think you're saying uh, is that much like Jesus when he told stories and spoke in parables, um, we can also be prompted through uh, what movies can do through our emotions to get better in touch with the logic of things, uh, including the logic of the gospel, and then eventually take us to a place uh, where both our heads and our hearts would, would meet and would agree on the issues that deal with right and wrong, good and evil, uh, truth and error, and, and the like. Is that where you're headed? Yeah, that's exactly right, especially you know, as all these things pertain to living out our lives. But you know, depending on the premise, uh, all of that can be turned on its head, too. Uh, that, that's been the complaint uh, that churchgoers have had about Hollywood since film began because mm -hmm. heads and hearts can, can get corrupted and hardened through film as well. And that's why the church legalistically pulled out of Hollywood and for the most part surrendered it to the secular world for so long rather than you know, work through the medium of film to help refine it and use it as a tool for promoting the gospel message and, and good in general. Again, even Stalin understood this, albeit with the premise turned on his head. Uh, communism and, and uh, man as his own god, uh, atheism, was Stalin's premise. But today's guest has got uh, the premise right, and I thank God that he sees film as a vehicle to uh, turn heads and hearts in a direction mm -hmm. that logically result in what Scripture calls the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Well, let me welcome our guest today. He's been holding patiently on the phone, uh, waiting for us to finish our diatribe here. <laughs> but uh, Alex Kendrick is with us, a man who's dedicated his life to following Christ and making his truth and love known among the nations. 
After serving in church ministry for 20 years, Alex now writes, speaks, and produces Christian films with his brothers Stephen and Shannon. Uh, Alex directed the movies Overcomer, War Room, Courageous, Fireproof, Facing the Giants, and Flywheel. He uh, co-wrote the New York Times best-selling books The Love Dare, The Resolution of Men, and The Battle Plan for Prayer. Alex also serves on the boards of Fatherhood Commission and the Christian Film Foundation. Incidentally, he and his wife Christina live not too far from us in Albany, Georgia, with their six children, which makes him an automatic uh, guest and candidate for licensed parent where we have kids of our own, and uh, they, by the way, are active members at Sherwood Church. Alex, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Oh, it's great to be with you guys, and uh, I think this is a, a brilliant topic, and uh, you've set it up perfectly. Well, thank you. I, I want to congratulate you on your film, Overcomer, which I understand uh, was another box office hit. Uh, so in, in a time when Christianity is fashionably marginalized, even demonized, and sex, violence, special effects, uh, car chases, and explosions seem to be what holds the interest of so many attention deficit American moviegoers today. Why do you think your films are doing so well? Well, like you said earlier, um, when you start telling stories and they touch the heart, Mm -hmm. the concept behind that emotion, the concept behind the music and visuals and everything that goes with it, uh, is much more readily accepted because the heart's now tender. When the heart's like, oh, I love this love story. Mm-hmm. I love this uh, heart, heart-touching scene between a father and a daughter or the inspiration of somebody as an underdog coming from behind and winning the, a contest or a race. Uh, because your heart gets involved, the, 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 the things said around that, all those ideas are more readily accepted. And in our generation is struggling with issues of identity. Mm-hmm. What are we allowing to define ourselves? The culture is saying, oh, your identity is found in your feelings or your looks or your, uh, or your status, perhaps your job in talking to men. A lot of men find their identity in their job. And so when we saw this and we're praying through, God, what do you want us to make a movie about? The Lord prompted us, remind my church who they are in Christ. Their identity is found in their creator. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we wanted to make a movie, an emotional, joyful movie that, that told a story to make the heart tender and then to share with them what Scripture says about what it means to have your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we did that, we're seeing an incredible response. We've had thousands of people email us, call us, um, you know, write letters to us saying, I have a better understanding of this concept of having my identity in Christ than I ever have before. Alex, I've heard a number of people say something to the effect that what one person can talk you into, another person can talk you out of. And obviously, through film and through through the other arts, we do reach for that emotional uh, connection and and try to talk people into whatever belief set through their emotion. But I, I think what works very well for you is the fact that you have truth and logic from God behind it. So, so right. therefore, when you introduce these emotions and people grab hold of the story that you're telling, the fact that the truth of God is behind it makes it so powerful that people really can't be talked out of it. And that's exactly right. You know, we often say we can, we can make a movie when we can tell a story, but only the Lord can change the heart. Right. Only the Lord can save and redeem a heart. So uh, I, I would never discount whatever methods we're using. I would never discount the work of the Holy Spirit doing what only he can do. Right. Is the success of your movies evident that there are still a good number of people who haven't 
uh, had their souls hardened and their minds polluted to the point uh, where they can really appreciate a good, wholesome, and redemptive story? You know, the answer is yes, but at the same time, even in the 15 years we've been making films, we even see the audience changing in our culture. You know, the the the, the side of culture that's saying, uh, that giving the humanistic views that there is no accountability to a God, mm-hmm. there is no um, uh, basic morality that the scripture is not applicable for today. We see a darkness um, becoming stronger there, but at the same time, we're we're trying to pull over and snatch as many people as possible, and we're also seeing a lot of response to truth and, and the gospel. There, there does seem to be a little more of a division today sure. uh, than there used to be, even 15, 20 years ago. Right. And, um, and so, uh, and that, that is a reminder that we are in the end times, that we yeah. are in the last days. Yeah. But we're going to continue using this avenue. We feel assigned to it. We feel like God wired us to do this and to share mm-hmm. truth through these stories and to, uh, and to help inspire people in their walk with God and their level of faith and understanding. We're going to do that as much as we can. Well, I think you do it brilliantly, and I, I, I appreciate you uh, doing it uh, uh, to, to begin with. But our, our friend Ted Bear was telling us that G-rated movies actually make more money than R-rated movies. So if that's true, why are they still making R-rated movies? Well, you know, th- there's two languages in Hollywood. The first one is money, mm-hmm. but the second one is they do have agendas. There, there is a uh, a mindset and an agenda behind a lot of what they do, and sometimes the agenda drives the movie decisions, and sometimes it's money. Mm-hmm. But either one uh, is is dangerous, and so for us. Uh, we also have an agenda, and, and we say it boldly. If anyone asks us, we're not trying to hide anything. We are followers of Christ, right. and we are trying to uh, share stories of hope and truth and a uh, biblical worldview in hopes that people will be inspired to, if nothing else, uh, seek out the Bible, see what God says. You know, he's a very relational God, and ultimately we are accountable to him. He is ultimately our judge. And so uh, we want to point people to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that only a few may may respond. But uh, that that's our calling. We love doing it, and we celebrate every every life that's changed. Well, that's awesome. Uh when determining what films uh, we're going to allow our kids to see, what role, if any, should Hollywood's rating system play in these decisions? Well, Hollywood's rating system has become a little more diluted. What used to be R is now PG-13, and what used to be PG-13 is now PG. So it's right. becoming more diluted, which is very concerning for us. Um, uh, and again, that's why we try to be salt and light in what we produce and, and, and turn out. And at the same time, we realize we're, we, we can't be the only ones doing this. There, there are a number of other rising filmmakers that are trying to honor and glorify God. So we're trying to mentor the next generation and, and prepare them for, for uh, making higher quality and, and more bold films in the coming years. And so we're doing what we can to not only do it ourselves, but train and mentor a generation to, to do it on a wider scale in the future. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's going to become uh, more of a chasm and those that are lukewarm are going to have to choose sides because um, uh, the, the agendas of the world and of the enemy are getting more stark. And, uh, and, and that means when we are light, that's going to become even brighter. And, uh, and so there's going to be friction there. But even Jesus said, 
Uh, even he would divide families and fathers with children be, because of him. Some would choose him and others would not. Mm-hmm. And so we're not afraid of that division. We just want to honor God the entire time. Are there any R-rated movies that the average 13-year-old kid could uh, actually benefit from seeing beyond mere entertainment value? Uh, that, that's a hard question to answer. You know, the, there are a few movies like The Passion of the Christ that mm-hmm. that have enough uh, enough in it to where, you know, a, a parent could take a child, 13, 14, to see it and then have a follow-up conversation, uh, things like that. But those are so rare. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my family and my teenage son, we watched uh, movies with a filtering system. And I have to say that we watched movies like Saving Private Ryan and then talked about it afterwards, mm-hmm. about that these are based on real events where people had to be courageous and and sometimes the, the, the truth of war is ugly and nasty. Right. And, and what did it mean to uh, have integrity? The, the Hacksaw Ridge, movies like that. Yeah. And those are, those are brutal to watch. And, and if you can filter out things like language, um, I would encourage you to do that. But those are, there are some powerful movies there that have pretty high ratings um, as far as R. But, uh, the, but most R-rated movies, I would say, steer clear from. Yeah. Um, there, there are for a reason. One, one of the things, though, that I, that I think about as we're talking about the R-rated movies is there are those movies that are rated R, and they are taking a look at real life. And I think part of the things that we needed to do in raising our kids is raise them to be adults in the real world, which may mean exposing them to the harder things. But then, as you were saying, Alex, sitting down and talking to them about it afterwards, finding the redemptive aspects of whatever the story is. And that leads to, to my next question here, because one of the greatest ministry tools that we've been leveraging here at Shepherd's Hill for years is actually a Hollywood movie that we play every Christmas season. Uh, at first, kids can't stand the thought of watching it because uh, we, we tell them we're going to watch a black and white film made in the 1940s. No. <laughs> it's called <laughs> A Wonderful Life. You may have heard of it. I don't know. But afterwards, we debrief the movie by discussing the moral parallels uh, and and life principles that the kids pull from the movie and compare them uh, to, you know, what's found in Scripture and then how it applies to their their, their lives in the real world. Uh, And the kids absolutely loved both the movie and the discussion. How do you see parents leveraging your movie, Overcomer, in a similar way with their kids? Overcomer obviously presents some questions that uh, that people will ask themselves. You know, first of all, what do I allow to define me, and uh, who would I be if everything is stripped away? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of questions that are what the movie presents, and I and I hope that uh, young people and actually actually this is happening because we're hearing from them, young people and and then families alike are talking about this because ultimately we need to figure out who we are and whose we are. Right. And, uh, and when, when you're in Christ, you're adopted in, in, into his family or grafted in, I could say, and that means I have a new identity. Uh, in other words, my, my brother, Stephen has six children and one of them was adopted from China. And at one point, her identity was in a lost culture. She had uh, no hope for the future. She was in a communist country. Uh, She's not valued. And then my brother goes and adopts her. She brings her over here. She becomes part of the Kendrick family. She has a new name. She has a new identity. She has accepted Christ as a a nine-year-old now, and she has a new future. And so 
Uh, her identity has completely changed. When we are outside of Christ, we are lost. We do not have a mindset of wisdom and discernment. We do not see things from a biblical worldview. When we are in Christ, he begins reshaping our mind and our heart, giving us a mind of Christ. And, that is, you know, and yes, that happens over a period of time. But as we walk with him and obey him, he, he gives us that wisdom and discernment. So uh, a lot of that comes through a good father, a good mother, a good mentor, a good coach investing in the life of those young people and helping them learn how to think biblically with wisdom and discernment. And, uh, and so that's a lot of, of, of what we want to do and, and help instill in them through our film. So we present this truth and we encourage families, pastors, youth pastors, and, and, and students to talk about this stuff after the fact. Yeah. Hey, we're talking today on Licensed to Parent with author, speaker, and filmmaker Alex Kendrick. If you've just joined us, welcome. It's time for the intermission in today's program. This is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Is your teen's behavior dangerous? Your child's behavior may seem incredibly volatile during the teenage years. Sometimes the signs and symptoms come and go quickly as your child is growing, but other times behaviors are developed and nurtured that will lead to unhealthy choices. Here are a few items to consider. Does your teen refuse to abide by anything you say or request? Is your teen displaying behavior that's a marked change from what has been normal? Has your teen become increasingly disrespectful, dishonest, and disobedient, and openly rebellious? Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and take the quiz, Is My Teen Troubled? While some behavioral issues are minor and best resolved at home, there are warning signs that your teen may need a more structured approach to get them on a healthy, constructive path. And Shepherd's Hill Academy is here to help. Visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and click on Is My Teen Troubled? HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is author, speaker, and filmmaker Alex Kendrick, part of the Kendrick Brothers. They have made a number of great Christian films uh, including, I guess, the most recent Overcomer. Uh, and by the way, you can find out more about it at overcomermovie.com. Alex, uh, one thing that is different perhaps about this film than than some of the others, uh, you are a lead actor in this film. You play the, the head football coach. Um, how was that different than simply being a director in the other films? And also, are you finding that it's easy or challenging to find other actors 
in Hollywood who are eager to embrace characters in your films uh, or or in other Christian films? Is there is there a lot of political pushback and people say, oh, I, I don't want to associate my name with that? Well, uh, to, to, to your to the first part of your question, um, when I write, I just focus on writing, and then uh, when we shoot, uh, I wear my director hat in rehearsal, finding the right camera angles, the whole mood of the scene. We rehearse it until it's right. Then I can put my actor hat on when the cameras roll and just uh, worry about playing my part. So breaking it down into bite-sized pieces, one thing at a time, uh, makes it doable. And I also have a, a wonderful team around me uh, helping me do that. So when you have good people with you, you're, you're certainly more productive. Uh, so, second part of that, it's important for us to cast real Christians in the role of Christians in our film. In other words, I believe that because um, there is a sincerity, because there is a truthfulness in the way they present themselves as a Christian on screen, when, when their character is also a Christian, it, it's just uh, it's more believable. Uh, if someone on screen is presenting the gospel, why would I choose someone to present the most important message in the universe that didn't actually believe it themselves. So for, for me, uh, playing a Christian role in a movie, I want that to be done by Christians. As far as everything else, um, we're still very picky, but uh, we want people that um, understand why we're making these films. I don't want people that just want an acting role as a gig or to get a paycheck. You know, making these films is not just for entertainment for us. So it's, it's a ministry, and, and we are trying to influence the masses. So uh, there, there is a, a, a healthy agenda behind it. Um, we have gotten uh, pushback from some people who who don't want to be associated with religious material, and that is fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. I'm, I'm grateful that they, they say that up front. Uh, the people that we have asked to be in our films are usually v- carefully vetted and, uh, and can speak to the theme. I mean, any actor in Overcomer, any actor in War Room can speak to the theme and the reason we made those films, and we're very grateful for that. So there are quite a number of Christian actors out there looking for, uh, for roles that have a lot of talent, and, uh, and we enjoy finding them and working with them. So what are your thoughts about self-proclaimed Christians who produce movies and TV shows that contain gutter language and sexual content while using the excuse that, uh, you know, unbelievers shouldn't be allowed to make the best and uh, most realistic films? I've heard that from uh, out of uh, some Christian producers. Yeah, well, the first verse that comes to mind is, by their fruit you will know them. <laughs> um, you know, I, I when, when Scripture says, and I actually read this passage to my kids the other night, um, about let no coarse joking come out of your mouth, but only that, which is for, yeah, yeah, only that which is for the edification of others. And so when we talk about that as a Christian, uh, I'm not supposed to have bitter water and sweet water out of the same spring. I'm supposed to have... Uh, you know, pure water coming out of the same spring. And so, uh, you know, an apple tree is not going to produce figs or grapes. It's going to produce apples. That's what kind of tree it is. And so if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, that should be evident in the way I live. And and not that I'm perfect, but in the way I live and in that, that my effort to glorify the God whom I love and serve. So if you see somebody with lots of compromise then sometimes I call that a verbal Christian only. They may say that they're a Christian, but you can follow their trajectory. You can follow the fruitfulness coming out of their life, and it may cause some questions or concern about that. You know, so 
Ultimately, God is the judge, but we are supposed to be wise as serpent, harmless as doves. And the wise as serpent means you have a very discerning, wise eye and knowing how to filter things. So for me, I would prefer not to work with someone that is proclaiming to be a follower of Christ but has no evidence of it. Yeah, because ultimately, Alex, your your, uh, most important audience is that audience of one. And you have to, at the end of the day, you've got to answer to him. Um. We've had kids that come through Shepherd's Hill, and, and you know, we, we have these discussions all the time with our kids, and I, I, I try to get across to parents that your entertainment habits and what the culture is influencing your kids with is half the problem with your kids' behavior. And um, I, I had a, uh, more than a couple of students tell me that they, they watch the Game of Thrones with their parents. And it's like, uh, I've never seen the Game of Thrones. I've heard a lot about it. And the common comeback uh, from the Christians that regularly watch this program is that it's the quality is irresistible. So I'd like to I'd like to uh, for you, not me, to 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 speak to our listening audience and tell them the plain truth about this issue. Well, first, I've never seen the Game of Thrones. I, I have heard that it is a very expensive show, which tells me probably. They're, they're aiming for high production quality, but I also notice an extremely immoral show. First, I would say to those parents, do not be surprised when your children go down a path that, uh, that, that you disapprove of, because what the parents do in moderation, the children will do in excess. Exactly. And if you allow a little bit of that in your home, they're going to say, well, you did it, and then they're going to go even further down that path. Mm-hmm. So again, that's a lack of discernment. Uh, secondly, if you cannot resist entertainment, that tells you right there you have the wrong God. Mm-hmm. Because if you're serving the lure of entertainment, then you're allowing something to control your emotions or to have influence over your emotions that's displeasing to, to God Almighty, and you're, and you're bowing to your flesh, your mm-hmm. eyes, your mind, and that's how... Satan tried to tempt Jesus with the lust of the flesh, lust of the, the, the uh, eyes, and the pride of life, and right. you're falling to that. So wisdom would say, uh, a wise man, and this comes from Proverbs, he foresees the danger and hides himself. Mm-hmm. So if I think I'm going to struggle by watching a show or I'm hearing what's in it, then, then don't subject yourself to it. Don't yeah. watch it. And so I've, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've heard about it. I've never seen it. And that's particularly the reason. Even if it's good quality, it's going to pollute my mind. I'm going to stay away from well, it. Well, you know, people will say, well, these guys are geniuses who put these things together. And I'm thinking, you know what? Who else is a genius? Adolf Hitler and the devil himself. I mean, it takes genius to pull off the perfect uh, prison escape or bank heist. Right, that's right. That's uh, but right. It, that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do because there's a, a big difference between knowledge and intelligence and wisdom. And what we're trying to impart to our kids is wisdom. Uh, Alex, God bless you for what you do, and thank you for being with us, brother. Great to talk to you. Take care. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent, author, speaker, and filmmaker Alex Kendrick. We've been talking about his movie Overcomer, along with several of the other movies that the Kendrick brothers have put out. You can learn more about it at overcomermovie.com. And if you'd like to see what else Alex and the rest of the Kendrick brothers are up to, go to kendrickbrothers.com. You can also connect on Facebook at Kendrick Brothers and on Twitter at Kendrick Bros. And that's a wrap on today's edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. If you've been listening to this program for any time at all, you know that we deal with kids every day here at Shepherds Hill who are pushing back against everything. 
Right no longer seems right. Up is now down. Parents know nothing. And of course, to many of them, God doesn't either. That's why Shepherd's Hill was started more than 20 years ago, to bring help and healing to troubled teens and their families through the truth of Jesus Christ. And right now, we need your help to get the word out about what we're doing here and to get others to join us in the fight for this next generation. If you'd like to support our work, you'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. Just click the Donate tab at the top of the page and any amount will help. That's LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trey Sembry, I'm Rich Rosl. I hope you found today's program useful and that you'll plan on joining us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.